Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to OSEAMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. And a very good Wednesday morning to you on the shortest day of the year as we welcome you along to the programme with Bernie taking your calls today 0818 103 103 texts and WhatsApps are up and running. If you want to contact us you can 086 103 103 and our thoughts very much with the Kearney family in Killa uh, this morning as they are waiting the safe return home of their boy because we know now that private Shane Carney who was seriously injured it wasn't it this day last week that that happened while in, in the Lebanon he's been flown home uh, today he is going to I don't know whether he's already in the air or not but he'll be leaving uh, Beirut airport and then arriving sometime this afternoon into Casement Aerodrome Aerodrome in uh, Dublin. It's especially equipped and contracted medical aircraft will be uh, will be used, and the flight is due to land at some time this afternoon. He will then be taken by ambulance to Beaumont Hospital, where obviously he will uh, continue receiving medical treatment. But I just think for his family and uh, friends to have him back home in Ireland uh, will be so so uh, important. And of course, Casement Aerodrome was where the body of the fellow soldier, Private Sean Rooney. Uh, That's where he was uh, reunited with his uh, family on uh, Monday. And unfortunately, much, much sadder circumstances and Private Rooney's funeral is taking place in Dundalk tomorrow and then his burial will happen. Uh, following that in County Donegal and he is of course to be buried with full military honours once again we extend our deepest deepest sympathies to the Rooney family and hope that young Sean rests in uh, peace and I know the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar has said he is confident that investigations will establish the sequence of events that led to uh, the killing and they will aim to try to clarify why the SUV that the soldiers were travelling in, why they came off the main route and ended up in that village and it's a village that they they would have known was controlled by the militant group uh, Hezbollah but the, the militant group Hezbollah are, keep saying they had nothing at all uh, to do with it but anyway the Varadkar is confident they will get to the bottom of it and establish the sequence of uh, events but our thoughts very much in Killa this morning with the Kearney uh, family as Shane their boy is coming home so a safe journey home and then a speedy recovery as possible in Beaumont and then get him back home 
because uh, that's where he'll do the most of his recovery uh, will be back home uh, with his loved ones 0818103103 Bernie taking your calls this morning we are going to be talking uh, this morning on the programme with the Societies of Vincent de Paul I don't think they've probably ever seen anything like the number of calls that they are receiving and still receiving I mean here we are with a couple of days left to go to Christmas and families are finding themselves in a situation that they would never before probably in the past have thought about needing the help of Vincent de Paul but that's exactly they'll be picking up the phone and making those calls uh, this week and Bernardo's are in the papers today saying that parents are turning to them looking for vouchers for toys looking for vouchers for fuel and looking for vouchers for food and some are doing it in a bid to ensure that they're able to buy the most expensive items that their children are looking for this Christmas. Now it's according to Bernardo's children as young as six are asking for expensive electronic devices including the latest iPhone. Now the latest iPhone uh, costs hundreds, hundreds of euro. Hard to believe that a child is six would would even that a parent would even consider buying an iPhone but it seems some families are put under so much pressure from their smallies that they'll go to any length to get them exactly what is on Santa's list this year they're also looking for things like the PS5 that doesn't come cheap uh, electric scooters they certainly are not uh, cheap so the children are looking for these and the parents are struggling to meet the increasing costs of everything else like the living expenses if they're putting all their money into these devices that their children want they're then struggling to buy the food and the fuel. Eva Brown is a project leader with Bernardo's in Limerick and she highlighted one incident where a mother of two children bowed to pressure from her oldest child who wanted the PS5. The mother then had put every bit of saving and, and every penny that she could into getting this PS5 for the oldest child but then she didn't have anything left for the youngest child who is just six because this PlayStation 5 was so expensive. And she said that the pressure on parents to get the latest electronic device is absolutely huge. She said, we know that the families that their Bernardos in Limerick are working uh, with will end up going to moneylenders. They're hearing of families putting themselves under huge pressure to buy these electronic uh, devices. And the worry is that while it was great that the government gave out double allowances earlier in the year, they heard that many families put those double allowances straight away towards the cost of these electronic devices. And obviously the government gave out those extra benefits to make sure that there would be food on the table and heat in the household. But many families, because they feel under pressure from their children, are are going and buying these expensive electronic devices. And of course, Bernardos are worried that if the weather then is very cold in January and February, which it often is, they're particularly worried as to how families are going to manage. Bernardos have provided families with vouchers for food, for toys. They're even giving out vouchers for coal and uh, for fuel. But they say, look, it's absolutely based on need. And then what Bernardos are saying has been backed up by Parentline. Uh, Aileen Hickey is the chief executive of Parentline. We've spoken with her many times here on the programme. She said that they're getting calls into their organisation, their helpline, and they're hearing of similar pressures, which parents are feeling stressed, anxious and guilty if they can't meet their children's expectations. She says parents 
who can't meet their children's requirements and what they're looking for for Christmas are then ringing up saying that they're feeling totally inadequate. She said young children are now being influenced by videos that they're seeing on social media media of others using all of these electronic devices and if that child can can have it on the video screen why can't I? And then the nagging and the pressure starts. She said that two the, the two most expensive time for families with children are obviously the return to school in September and then that's followed very quickly by Christmas. Both Bernardo's and Parentline say families are taking out loans over a 12-month period just to pay for Christmas. So they clear the loans just before having to start a brand new loan the following Christmas. Um, they're, they're saying that people are spending 12 months paying for the 12 days of Christmas. That's a quote from Parentline. They say people will be paying for Christmas 2022 right through until the end of 2023. And then the end of 2023, guess what? It's Christmas all over again. And then they'll start back into another series of taking out loans and another 12 months to uh, pay it off. Bernardus say that some parents are simply living day to day. They're paying off loans given to them by family members are, are from money lenders and they're paying back the loans from their social welfare payments on the day they get their payment and that then will leave them with very little money for their other needs for the rest of the week. Bernardo's say also say that they are concerned about young children being given some of these devices, particularly the latest iPhone, because of course if a, if a six-year-old child has the latest iPhone in their hand and we know how tech savvy many of these young children are, they're then able to go online and of course Bernardo's are worried about the safety to children going online and what children can access. You know, Bernardo say we know how unsafe the world is out there and how vulnerable some uh, children can be. And I know I was watching the vouchers being given out by the Capuchin Day Centre rather than giving out hampers. They were giving out 50 euros. They were Dunn's vouchers. They were given out uh, yesterday and there was thousands of people queued very early yesterday morning to get their vouchers. And I saw one woman being interviewed and she was talking about the pressure she was being put on to buy designer label goods like she mentioned Gucci and she mentioned Armani I'm assuming Gucci and Armani clothes uh, for her teenage children and that they you know won't consider looking at clothes out of Duns or out of Pennies it has to be these top uh, brands and huge pressure being put on the mother to come up with the money to buy these uh, brands so interested in your thoughts are today's parents simply under too much pressure from uh, their uh, children and look all of us as parents we all we all want the best for our children and particularly when they're small and when they're young and you know when they make their list for Santa Claus we don't want children to be disappointed but it's it's sad to think that parents if they can't afford to buy everything that their child desires that they then end up contacting somebody like Parentline saying that they feel uh, totally uh, inadequate and you know while we want our children to have the best but at what cost you know it, it really is it's just one of those hard ones uh, to balance and then to think that families and parents will be going hungry they ha- they, there will be no heat in the house because everything has gone into buying these expensive electronic devices that some of them probably come January they'll be bored with 0818 
103. Your thoughts welcomed. And anybody that is driving home for Christmas, it's always an exciting thing to do, isn't it? To drive home for Christmas. Take it nice and easy, please, uh, on the roads and take your time. I mean, luckily, we don't have weather events like we had last week and hopefully it will continue like that. Kathleen in uh, Clannacilty said, My God, Patricia, I can't believe what I'm hearing you saying. A six-year-old looking for the latest iPhone. What next are they going to want? If parents can't afford it, they shouldn't be pressurised into doing this. Yeah, but that's what I'm wondering. Are today's are today's parents, are they, they the younger parents, are they different from older parents and that they feel very pressurised by their children? I mean, Bernardas are saying, or was parent line was saying one of the problems is that younger children are now very influenced by what they're seeing online and just because they see other children doing some TikTok challenge and they have the latest electronic uh, device that they see it on Instagram then they feel just because that child has it that they they want to have it as well and some parents just going to a really really extreme lengths and really struggling to meet the increasing costs of everything else uh, just to try to make sure that their child gets exactly what they want anyway Kathleen McClannacilty is quite shocked by that and then I've had an interest I've asked Barney to try and find out what's going on here I've had a text in from a listener to say now they said ESB so I don't know if that's the ESB networks or not or if it's their electricity supplier we all have a tendency to when we talk about our electricity to say ESB even though there's so many different providers now but this texter says Patricia ESB emailed me this morning to say that there would be a peak event this afternoon between 12 and 2 and if possible if I could reduce my usage now I don't know, I don't know what's going on this afternoon between 12 and 2 that there's going to be a peak event because normally we're always told the peak event is in the evening time from between 5 and 7 is normally when the, the is the peak event every day when demand goes up so we're looking into it but I give it out to see has anybody else received a similar text we're so wary now of texts as well I'm afraid that would be a very unusual one if it was some kind of a scam but I don't know why and what this peak event is between 12 and uh, 2 but she's been asked to reduce her usage has anybody else received a similar text today 0818 103 103 Barney takes your calls you can text you can WhatsApp to 0862 103-103. Now, one of the first letters that the newly elected Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, would have received this week was from a frustrated Irish pharmacist who was pleading with the government to allow pharmacists to prescribe medication in, in accordance with patient group directives. To explain further, I'm joined by Sheena Mitchell and Sheena is owner of Total Health Pharmacy based in Milltown in Dublin. Good morning to you, Sheena. Good morning. And it's it's great to talk to you. Now, I, I have to say your your suggestion here, I think, is a, is fantastic. And it's based on a model that works successfully in Scotland. So you're not reinventing the wheel uh, here. And you once worked in Scotland, so you know how this model works. Just to outline first how the minor ailment scheme would work. Yeah, so for the minor ailment scheme, currently, if a patient comes into a pharmacy, and they want to buy something over the counter, so say Gabascon or Nexium or something like that. If they're a private patient, they're not affected. They can just buy it over the counter and they're fine. If you have a medical card patient come in, they, you know, have to pay the private price for it, even though, say, due to means testing, it's been shown that, you know, they wouldn't have the income to do that um, within our private health service. So they're automatically discriminated against in that instance because what they then have to do is we have to refer them back to their GP who then has to write them a medical card prescription, you know, and then they come back in and get the prescription version of the same thing. So it's really, it's 
burdening the GPs with additional appointments and, I suppose, administrative work that doesn't need to happen at all. And it means that pharmacies, you know, are kind of trying to explain to patients, well, you, I mean, you can buy it privately, but if you, you know... They mightn't have the money, you. but they mightn't have the money is, is the problem. And this is why I, I really strongly believe that that is price discrimination. You're not offering an equal health service to every Irish system. And I think that's a major issue. So in the UK, what happens is a minor ailment scheme is put in place. And it means that if that medical card patient comes into the pharmacy looking for the over the counter. So all of the medicines I'm talking about for the minor ailment scheme are not you know, a prescription isn't needed. So they can just buy it. So what happens in the UK is that the pharmacist can write a medical card prescription there and then and use that to claim off the health service the payment. The patient then gets their treatment instantly. And I suppose it just means then that everybody has the same access to healthcare. It's not, you know, it has come up that you know, oh, our pharmacists trying to do this to make more money. Like, this is not about money. We are selling the product in either case. Yeah, regardless, regardless. Yeah. But then the patient group directive, explain that to me. Yeah, so that's a slightly different thing. And it is, it's easy enough to understand because it, it kind of amounts to almost the same thing, except it's for prescription-only medicines. And it only accounts for some prescription medicines in very, 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 you know, defined situations. So at the moment, GPs write individual prescriptions for a lot of minor conditions like bacterial conjunctivitis in children. That would be a really common one. Um, You know, we'd have patients coming in and they have a child who very clearly and very obviously has very straightforward bacterial conjunctivitis infection in their eye. It's a really common condition. We then have to send them to GP because there is only one thing that's going to resolve that infection and that's an antibiotic eye drop. So what happens in the UK is that a patient group directive is developed and that means in essence a document is written up and it's written up by pharmacists and then it has to be approved by a senior doctor. So it defines the patient groups, what criteria they have to fit in to be eligible to be provided with a supply of medication that is normally on prescription from the pharmacy. So it's almost like a blanket prescription for a group of patients. Instead of just every patient have to individually go to the doctor for something really simple, they can just go into the pharmacy and the pharmacy can supply on the basis that they fit the criteria of the patient group directive. So it and, the, be- and, the, and the one I saw on your list is one that a lot of females will identify uh, cystitis and a, a lot of women suffer from cystitis and they know that they're going to have to go to the GP to get the script for the antibiotic to get to the chemist to get the antibiotic. And when you're talking about a five to seven day wait yeah. for a GP appointment, which is really common at the moment. And I've so many people kind of reaching out on my Instagram because I do a children's health website, asking me questions, you know, almost forcing me into the role of doctor anyway. So I have to obviously explain them. I can't diagnose, but I'm able to reassure them. And unfortunately, this is a role that GPs were maybe able to do in the past. But very rightly, they're prioritizing care and they just don't have enough they don't have enough GPs um, and it's only going to get worse because we have an aging population and a growing population and there is a significant and increasing shortage in GPs. Um, in the UK, this 
like this is where it's difficult for me, I suppose, where my frustration came from and why I wrote the letter is that when I was a newly qualified pharmacist 17 years ago in the UK, working in Scotland, I was able to supply antibiotic eye drops for those children. I came home and look, I'm a third generation pharmacist. My granddad and dad are pharmacists down in Roscommon. I, I literally, I grew up in pharmacy and it was just shocking to see the difference in patient care and the role of the community pharmacist. We have the skills, we're here, we're able. It's literally bureaucracy holding us back. There's one small piece of the legislation that um, means it's illegal for us to supply medication. And if yeah, and it would, and that's important. It would need a change in legislation, but it's a minor change. It's very minor. It's literally, it happened a few years ago when they allowed the nurses, um, they wrote in an exemption to allow the nurses to supply medication via injection to patients and under the back of that actually pharmacists were given the authorization to administer um, injections so the flu vaccine etc very successfully operated by by pharmacists and and the booster vaccine has been a huge success we're still doing loads of them and and I I assume Sheena that GPs would welcome this because they are under so much pressure and this is where I think traditionally there has been a problem. There was, because we have a private, in the UK it's easier, it's an NHS, all kind of GMS structured system. In Ireland we have half private, half medical card system. And I think years ago there may have been some kickback, but the situation has changed. And it's just, it annoyed me then, but right now it's not annoying. It's, it's literally, it's dangerous because I think the GPs are so overburdened like their skills are very different to ours and pharmacists do not want to be doctors. That's not, you know, what's going on here. We want our patients who are suffering and coming into the pharmacy to be able to access the clinical care that they need from their GP. And there are cases that we see day in, day out that we know are simple and that we already are resolving and, you know, treating in a lot of patients on using over-the-counter medicines. Um, and for people who get their GP appointment, we're the ones doing the counselling for the prescription medicine. So yeah. this is an area that we are so skilled in. And I just think, like in the UK, one in seven GP appointments after the introduction of the minor ailment scheme was able to move to pharmacy. And if you consider GPs undertake over 30 million consultations per year, if we can remove 15% of them, the patients who really need to see the GP will be able to get in. Because, I mean, exactly. only yesterday I was I was discussing, you know, the record numbers that are in our A&E departments that are lying on uh, trolleys. And some of those patients would have been down to not being able to access their GP on time. Yeah, so you have people presenting into, obviously, as you said, their A&E with simple conditions perhaps, or straightforward, that the GP would have been able to treat. You've also got the scenario where you've potentially got the sick child, okay, who, and I've seen this happen this year on at least three occasions, who, if they had had access to GP and swift and prompt treatment, their condition wouldn't have deteriorated and they wouldn't have ended up in A&E. Yeah. So, so like, I, I can sense your frustration. I, I really, really uh, can. Have you have you heard anything back from Leo Varadkar? So we've heard back from the office to say that Great. our letter has been passed on to Stephen Donnelly, um, Minister for Health. Oh, so okay. 
I don't know if, if anyone has any hotline Stephen Donnelly it'd be great to get him yeah, to read Kate, it I think it's brilliant I, I just it just it, you sort of you read when, when I read your letter I said this just it's common sense and you know yeah. there's times where, you, where we seem to lack common sense in this country and as I said at the outside you're not trying to reinvent the wheel it works successfully in other countries it can work here listen we'll follow up on this again for sure Ashina. in the meantime thank you for that and I know you've been on with us before during the year so we appreciate your contributions uh, during the year as well and have a happy and a peaceful Christmas and many happy returns thank thanks you. a million bye 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 that is uh, Sheena Mitchell who is a pharmacist owner of Total Health Pharmacy in Milltown in uh, Dublin and she's also she mentions that she's got an online family medical resource it's on um, it's wonderbaba.ie where she offers great advice to uh, parents with young children 0818103103 Bernie's taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp to 0862 Up to 1,400 calls for help a week are being made to the Society of St Vincent de Paul and that's just here in the County Cork and County Kerry regions with the charity expecting to have handled over 200,000 calls nationally this year alone. To find out how the local conferences are getting on, I'm joined by Jerry Garvey. Jerry is the Society of St Vincent de Paul's South West Regional Coordinator. Good morning to you, Jerry. Good morning. It's lovely to have you. Uh, and listen, it's it's great to have you on the programme. You would always expect an increase in calls, Jerry, at this time of the year. But is this year exceptional? It's absolutely exceptional. I mean, this time last year, we were saying we, we had kind of reached a thousand mark in the couple of weeks running up to Christmas. And we thought that was quite extraordinary. But this year, it's, it's gone really, really high. We've had to put extra people on the calls just over the last couple of weeks. Uh, just to deal with the volume of, of calls and a lot of people in kind of difficulty and concern about energy and about food for the table, about, you know, toys for kids for Christmas and all the pressures. And would many be coming forward for help for the very first time? Yes, we've seen quite a, 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 an element of new people coming forward and the biggest part of them is what I would often describe as the working poor. People who are in many minimum wage jobs uh, or zero-hour contracts and that, while they're working full-time, flat-out, trying to make ends meet, just the costs of living have far surpassed the, the level of income they're getting and they find they just can't make ends meet. Yeah, and I know I've heard in the past of people having to, you know, knock on the door of their local VDP who would have been donors to the charity in previous years, but then, you know, suddenly fall on hard times for whatever reason and it's very difficult for them to go and, and reach out and say, to say, I need help. It is indeed, because most of these people would be kind of very proud, independent people, well used to you know managing themselves, budgeting their, their money, and as you say, being donors to, to those less fortunate. But the message we always give to people, and I'd like to put it out in your programme again, is that any of us can hit a hard times, and in your time of need, we would ask people to just pick up the phone and reach out to the ball. That's what we're here for. And when people kind of are reluctant to do that, my comment to them is always, this is your time of need. We can help you. When you're back on your feet, you, you can, can always, yeah, you yeah. wish, you can donate. Yeah, yeah, that's ex- that's exactly it. And I'm assuming, Jerry, a lot of the calls are about the rising energy bills. And I mean, last week was a particularly cold, cold week. It was. I think that that kind of 10-day period of really severe colds uh, brought it home to us. And I've been saying for some time that I, I, I had some concerns about kind of January, February, March, which are traditionally the cold winter months. But we got a little sample of it, uh, and I think the, it's not just the high cost of, of electricity and utilities. 
but it's the uncertainty because nobody knows where it's going to stop or what's going to happen. And of course, people that are on the the pay as you go, electricity and gas, they, you know, through no fault of their own, can just can self disconnect. They, they can, yes. And the, the, the big concern is that, that, that people will find themselves out of electricity and gas because we can advocate for people who are being threatened with disconnection because their bill has run up a little bit and we can step in and help them out. And uh, now there is, it's important to say again on the programme, that, that there is a very strong energy support programme that, that is being run through St. Vincent de Paul. So we would say to people that are running into trouble, if they think they're, they're going to have difficulty to contact us because we can give them some energy vouchers to top up on their, their meters. Yeah, because all of the energy companies, I think nearly all of them now have hardship funds and I, and in many cases it's linked to Vincent de Paul, isn't it? That's right. A lot of them are doing it through ourselves because they wouldn't have the network of contacts to know who who's in need and who should they support or not. So they leave it to the likes of ourselves and MABS to, to do that work. So again, the message to people is to please don't be slow to pick up the phone and talk to us. If you do have energy problems or if you think you're going to have energy problems, don't wait till the meter has gone off because we don't want to see anyone without light or heat. I saw, and I think it was your, yourself raised concerns. Have you Are you worried about small business owners as we go into the new year? Yeah, this is a trend and you've probably seen it on, on several different radio programmes kind of nationally and regionally over the last month. Uh, you might remember back during the COVID period when things were tough, um, the government did some fantastic, you know, supports and, and that really helped people through COVID. And among the things they did is the revenue commissioners contacted a lot of business people and said, look, if you're having difficulty, if, if things are bad, you can defer paying your, your revenue costs like the VAT and PRSI and stuff like that. And they brought in a scheme called warehousing where they basically just set them aside. They look, things are bad. You haven't got the cash flow. So let's set it aside until things improve. And then a number of weeks back then, they, they obviously, as, as they have to do, they wrote out to all the people, they look, the, the warehousing scheme was there to help you at the, at the time of need. Can you now give us some sort of plan as to how you see you're, you're going to repay that over the coming months or years? So that's an added pressure. Yeah. But while retail business has been reasonably good from, from all reports, you have to bear in mind that if you're a small business person, you may be doing okay just now, but you probably have two years of built-up debt. You know, there were times when businesses had to close through no fault of their own. They still have to pay the rent. You know, those bills and, don't go away. Many, many of those small businesses are seeing astronomically high elect- electric and gas bills. Exactly. And I think, you know, the combination of the, the, the utilities costs for, for small business and the build up of debt uh, and you, 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 you have to, I suppose, balance that against the revenue they're going to get in at the moment, which is probably quite good. And there, there is a general feeling that come January, because January and February is usually a very quiet period for a lot of businesses, particularly hospitality and retail, that if they're very little coming in, they may reach a point where they don't see themselves being able to continue. And we don't, no one wants to see that happen. Yeah, but no, there's no. always going to be an element to that and we would expect that there will be an increase of, of demand. And it's not just the small business owners, it's also the staff they employ and the suppliers that supply them. So it has a knock-on effect. And I, take so it, I think we, we could have a tough January, February, March. And I, and I take it your good selves at, at Vincent de Paul, you're dipping into your reserve funds, are you, all the time? We, we are, yes. We're, we're always working ahead you know, at least a year. Um, so we're, we're dipping into reserves and we're, we're probably dipping in a little bit more in, in, in our areas this year than we did in previous years. 
But thankfully, people are very generous and, you know, we have had good response to good. Our, our annual appeal. Is, this the, year. is the car draw still going on? The car draw is still going on. Yeah. In fact, I, I just wanted to take the opportunity to give that a plug. Uh, as you know, we, we send out a mail shot to every residence in Cork and Kerry. Yeah. Every house has got the blue envelope from Vincent de Paul for the car draw. <clears throat> and they have been coming back fairly steadily, but the draw itself isn't until the 11th of January. So there's plenty of time and we would encourage people to look you know, dig out that envelope there. There's a free post return envelope in it. Send back your tickets and your payments. And in a lot of cases, people are putting a donation in with us. Nice. You know, by check or whatever. Yeah, yeah. People are people are great. People that have are, are are great to give. And of course, that car draw. That's the 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 late the wonderful late Tom Cavan and, and the Tomer Trust, isn't it? The, 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 that's right. Yeah. The Tomer Trust is still supporting that and have amazing. done for the last uh, ten amazing, years. Amazing, amazing. And Jerry, I, when, when, you know, when I was thinking about you coming on this morning, and and you know just how tough it is for people out there. I was thinking also of your volunteers because they are hearing these stories firsthand. It must be very tough on them as well. It is it is tough on them, and we do a lot of kind of training and support work to try and help them out. But just this time of year, it's the sheer volume of stuff because the amount of Christmas calls that they've, they've had to do, uh, we, we've effectively closed off the calls now because the lists are so large and the volunteers are trying to get around and get all that done. You know, we we would have, across the region, we'd have about 3,500 Christmas hampers going out. Um, we would have probably about 8,500 units of toys and gifts and vouchers being distributed all over the place, as well as the normal calls, you know, and you you, you might have heard recent interviews there that it's not just about the voucher or the, the food hamper you give. A lot of it is about a little bit of friendship and support. Yeah. Uh, listen here. And we're, I suppose we're fortunate in the world when the very few organisations or charities that are invited into people's sitting home kitchens to listen to their stories. Yeah, people get and uh, people, yeah, people get to, get to know the the volunteers, and as you say, they become family friends, in in many cases. Oh, they do, and I mean, you know, in, in a lot of cases, people would come to us occasionally if they have a problem, and that they might be fine for a couple of months, and they might come back and say, "Look, we're, we've run into trouble again," and that's what we want people to do. You know, we don't want to see anyone either cold or hungry or you know in, in difficulty. And as you probably know, ed- education is one of our big things. Yeah. Okay, listen, there's... Uh, we do a lot of work on that. Okay, listen, you're doing fantastic work. Keep it up. A happy new year. Uh, a, a happy and a peaceful Christmas, uh, Jerry. And and, and a, uh, I'd love to say a not too busy new year, but I have a funny feeling it is going to be busy. We leave it there. I'm listen, sure it'll be busy. And yeah. listen, thanks for all your help during No the, uh, problem. Our pleasure, our pleasure. Mind yourself, take care. That is uh, Jerry Garvey, who is Society of Vincent de Paul's Southwest Regional Coordinator. Now, for the last couple of weeks, we have been playing this Christmas Cash Stalls. Asking you to try to identify the three voices. Now, yesterday, I was able to tell you that Nicole Kidman was the first voice we knew for, oh, well over a week that James Corden was the third voice. But it was the voice in the middle Christmas Cash Stalls that we were all stuck on. And we gave a clue yesterday today that she is an Academy Award winner. Lots and lots of people sent in texts yesterday, but one lucky listener got a call after four o'clock and here's how that call went. So number one, Nicole Kidman. Number two, Reese Witherspoon. And three, James Corden. Rachel Dempsey. Yeah. You've just won ten thousand euro. Oh my God! You are joking me. No. Oh, I just won ten grand. Congratulations. <laughs> Oh my God, I actually can't believe it. Thank you so much. 
as a very excited Rachel Dempsey winning for herself our €10,000 in the Christmas Cash Stars and thank you to everybody who took part in our competition we've had great fun with it over the last number of weeks but well done the €10,000 going to Rachel Dempsey 0818103103 now yesterday on the programme I uh, mentioned that uh, a gentleman from Mallow Finbar had contacted us and he'd been speaking with Bernie on the phone and he was just he was too upset for, t- for us to actually put him to air to tell his story and it, he'd had a very distressing episode in the Blackpool Shopping Centre well at the Aldi store in the Blackpool Shopping Centre uh, Finbar suffers from Crohn's colitis and anybody who suffers with Crohn's or any kind of colitis issues uh, or even people with IBS will know that when an episode happens you need access to a toilet ASAP and God help him he was doing a bit of shopping that's what happened they don't have public toilets in Aldi in Blackpool he asked if he could use the staff toilet he was refused he explained about his medical condition uh, but there was no budging on it and, and unfortunately to leave the store but what was really upsetting for Fimber was he soiled himself and it was just dreadful it was just such a shocking story and it just it horrified me that you know that anyone would turn down a request from somebody who's obviously very distressed to allow him to go in and use the bathroom so he, he contacted us yesterday and he was telling his story and as I say he was crying he was really genuinely upset on the phone as he was sharing his story with us now I know subsequently I found out that he has got on to Aldi um, head office I think they're in ACE and, and they're look they're internally looking in to it and I really do hope they change their policy if they don't have public toilets that's fine I know not all store has public toilets but when somebody has a medical need to use the bathroom then surely surely uh, there should be some kind of an entitlement that you leave somebody in and when it is when it is a medical uh, issue uh, anyway when I heard about Finbar's story yesterday I'd asked Barney do we have a telephone number for Finbar and we didn't because I was thinking oh god is there anything we could do uh, for him and then a number of listeners had said did I have any of the super value the 50 euro vouchers that we've been giving away all week and that was the reason that I, I checked with Barney to see do we have a phone number because I was thinking god you know, it's only a small token, but it just, I just, I just thought well, it would be nice to give him the, you know, a fifty euro super value uh, voucher just to show him that there is still kindness out there in the world, and you know, help him to try to get over what was a horrible, horrible thing uh, to happen to him. Anyway, thank you to Dennis at the Act of Kindness Facebook page in Mallow, another fantastic gentleman. He managed to track down an email address for us for Finbar. We've made contact with Finbar this morning, and we have sent him on one of those fifty euro super value vouchers just as I say to show him that the world is still a kind place and he's been on to us and um, he's just more embarrassed over what happened uh, to him and uh, he's appreciative of our gesture of our voucher well uh, Finbar I just hope you have a very happy and a peaceful Christmas and we hope that what happened to you will never happen to you to you again or indeed will never happen to anybody else uh, 0818103103 I'm also going to be, it'll be we won't get to it probably till after 12 a listener has contacted us about a problem with the NDLS you know the driver driving licence centre in Mallow and I say the wonderful driving licence NDLS centre in Mallow because anyone that ever goes in there always talks about the staff and how kind and caring they are and they're always accommodating to people and you have to make appointments in order to go in to get your driving licence there seems that it seems is, is, is there an issue this week with the centre not being opened and I'm interested if anybody else went along with a pre-arranged appointment to the NDLS centre this is the Mallow one we're talking about only to find the door closed and we're trying to we've we're, we're emailing in the meantime we're 
emailing the NDLS head office to find out what is going on and you know and I appreciate that people can be out sick and for whatever reason they mightn't have staff and they might have to close a centre but surely you send an email out to people so that people don't make journeys and you know turn up for an appointment and then they, there's, there's nobody in <laughs> the door is locked so we're trying to see if we can get to the bottom of that but I mention it to see if anybody else has had a problem with an appointment at the NDLS centre the Mallow one now is the one that we're hearing about this morning let us know 0818 103 103 and in the last hour I mentioned what I was hearing from the likes of uh, the charity Bernardo's and also parent line were mentioning stressed out parents who are going to very very excessive lengths in order to buy very expensive items that their children are requesting for Christmas I mean Bernardos are saying that children as young as six are asking for electronic devices including the latest iPhone and I'm open to question but it's the latest iPhone about eight nine hundred uh, euro and also the latest PlayStation 5 there's other children are looking for electronic uh, scooters and parents who are already struggling just to meet the basics you know cost of living increases but just to put food on the table and to keep the lights on and keep heat in the household are going to just huge lengths they're turning to charities looking for vouchers for food because all of their money is going on these expensive uh, gifts and parent lines saying that they're hearing from very stressed out parents who say that they actually feel guilty if they can't meet their children's expectations and they're hearing from parents contacting them uh, saying that they're simply feeling inadequate because they can't afford I mean some parents are borrowing some parents people are going to money lenders others simply can't they've nowhere to turn to to buy the items and then they feel really really inadequate some of your thoughts on that Marion Westcock says parents should not be caving in to the demands from children for the very latest expensive toys or gadgets when Mary was young her parents used to say you can have one present and one surprise and then you'll have to wait to see what Santi can fit in his uh, sleigh Uh, Thanks Mary. Another Mary says Patricia I am too astounded that parents feel that kind of pressure of having to give their children what they, the children, want. Does anybody know how to practice self-restraint anymore? We all want things, but we don't necessarily need all those things. Forget about brands and designer labels. I, for example, have a Samsung Android phone. I updated it about two years ago. It does anything that I want it to do. Remember, true love is tough love and being able to say no with no requirement to give a reason why. Please practice self-restraint. God knows we all have to practice it throughout our lives. Start when your children are young and their minds are developing. Teach them that no means no and rules must be abided by. And you can't have everything in the world that you wish for. End of story. Children now seem to be ruling the roost and ruling their parents' lives. Believe me, says this Mary by text, that's a recipe for disaster. Someone else says, Patricia, I really can't believe what I'm hearing on your programme this morning parents say that they're feeling so guilty that they're considering such extreme methods in order to get their children exactly what they want for Christmas. Presents from Santa Claus should fit in a stocking and the rest then should come from their parents and exactly what their parents can afford. And Dan in Rathmore says if parents are going to charities in order to buy expensive gifts then the parents have simply lost the plot. It would make me seriously think twice about donating to charities if they're giving money out for this says Daniel Rathmore but remember the, the 
the charities are not stupid either. They don't waste any of the hard-earned money uh, that they get in, but they're also very non-judgmental and they are there to uh, support parents as well. And it just can be really, really difficult when that nagging goes on and on and on. 0818103103. And then we heard how bad it is when we listened to the Society of St Vincent de Paul in the last hour. That prompted Pat in Limerick to say, Patricia, how are politicians lying in their bed at night and sleeping when they're watching what's going on in this country? With people struggling so much and look at the people who were queuing yesterday for their their food vouchers at the Capuchin Day Centre in Dublin just to feed their families. It's a disgrace and the amount of money wasted and squandered uh, they should be ashamed of themselves says Pat in Limerick the government will come back at you and say that they're doing the best that they can and they'll say and they'll point out that they gave you know double money to people and double payments were made and uh, they're they're trying they say they will say that they are uh, trying but it was hard to watch the numbers of people in that queue and did I st- and did I hear correctly that the queue for the Capuchin Day Centre their 50 euro vouchers that they gave out the, the Duns vouchers yesterday that there were some people started queuing at 2am in the morning even though they weren't giving out the vouchers I'm assuming they didn't open until, open until 9 in the morning 0818103103 and Massey in West Cork is reacting to and we still can't get to the bottom of this because we've rang the person back but unfortunately they're not picking up their their call somebody said that they got they they said ESB now I'm just trying to get confirmation was it the ESB networks uh, emailed this morning to say that there will be a peak event this afternoon between 12 and 2 I'm trying to find out what the peak event is and if possible could you could could this listener reduce their usage if possible? And I'm wondering, did anybody else get an email or a text asking you to reduce your usage? And what's this peak event happening between 12 and 2? If anybody has update on that, I would love to find out more about that. Um, Martin Mossy in West Cork says, Patricia, the ESB networks knew that the cold, bad weather was coming with the last 12 months. It happens every year. Yet there is, they were, and, and they also knew there was an increase in households usage, but they know that the data centres are the ones that are using so much electricity. Electricity, It baffles me why they are not uh, prepared. And that is from Mossy in uh, West Cork. But I just want to know what's the peak demand today what's actually going on today that they're asking people to turn down for us all to be aware of our usage and Jim this is reacting to Sheena Mitchell the pharmacist who had that terrific idea of letting the pharmacists take over some of the work from the GPs and it will certainly lighten the load from the from the GPs Jim says most pharmacists are very very knowledgeable and like and, and can be like doctors anyway uh, Sheena Mitchell who you spoke with has really really good ideas and I really hope that they're listened to and that they're introduced in this country I always think of that unfortunate young girl remember the one who had the nut allergy in Dublin and her mother ran into a pharmacy to get an EpiPen but couldn't because they didn't have their prescription with them and unfortunately the child uh, died on the side of the street that could have been avoided God I remember that case Jim that was around this time of year wasn't it I'm sure they were out for a Christmas lunch uh, when she got um, she, they were having a Chinese meal and she had something with nuts in it and her EpiPen was at home and the pharmacist legally wasn't entitled to give out an EpiPen God I do remember that that was a shocking absolutely 
shocking, uh, shocking case. But yeah, and you're right that pharmacists are as knowledgeable as doctors. I mean, Sheena herself would say the amount of training that pharmacists have, have had to do. Now, they don't want to take over from the GPs. They've never wanted to do that. But they're talking about minor ailments and they're talking about other ailments that they could actually, what you would need a prescription for, they would be actually, actually able to, to describe, as they say, it works in the UK. It works. Sheena saw it work in Scotland. And it got me thinking when I was talking to her, if anyone has ever been to Spain on holidays, you can walk in to Spain on holidays and you can, you can even get antibiotics uh, over the counter and you can get, you know, various things that back here in Ireland you would need a prescription for. You don't know. I know they've tightened up slightly in Spain, but you can still get a lot of prescription drugs that you wouldn't be able to access here without first going to your GP. 0818 103 103. Bernie's taking calls. Text WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. An experienced grounds worker and a machine driver with experience pleasing concrete and pipeline are wanted for the East Cork area. The number to contact is 87 634-1765 and your contact is Aidan. The Kayla Child Care in Mallow, they're looking for a child care practitioner. CVs please to childcare.supervisor at lakaylafrc.ie. A senior accounts executive is required, that's in the Bandon area. CVs please to dcolinan at glasslandvets.ie. And Southern Tree Services are looking for a freelance grounds operative. It's to work with a busy tree surgery crew in Cork. Owen is your contact, 86 You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Now, as one of his... Last access, Taoiseach Micheál Martin was back on home turf to mark the official opening of the new Mallow-based community support service operated by Laura Lynn. Laura Lynn, of course, Ireland's only children's hospice. To chat about the new service, I'm delighted to be joined by Marie Lynch, who is the hub team leader. Good morning to you, Marie. Morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, and thank you for taking our call. Now, I know this new service you actually opened during the summer, so I suppose can you? It was just the official opening uh, was held um, last week, but can you outline what you provide from the Mallow Hub? Absolutely. Um, so I started in this post in May of this year, and I suppose spent a few months just establishing the posts and getting to know the stakeholders in the area and kind of where the gaps were and what was needed. So what we provide at the moment is, and the service, I suppose, is a satellite service of the service that's already been provided in Dublin. So we very much provide um, direct care for the families that are in the Cork and Kerry area. So at this moment in time, we have 35 families that are Laurel and, I suppose, families. And what we do is we have a team of nurses and a music therapist, and we go out and provide um, specialist palliative care and support for families in the community in their own homes. Um, so we have done about 129 visits since the team started in September of this year until now, which equates to about 350 hours of, of I suppose, care in families' homes. Um, so it's a great service, I suppose, for families because previously, you know, a lot of these families would always have um, travelled to Dublin to go to Laurel Inn for 
short breaks or to get respite um, within Laurelin House itself. But having a service that's closer to home and allows us to go and support them in their own home takes away a lot of that stress for families with having to travel. And it's the great thing about having the satellite service here is families have options now where they can go to Dublin as well as have a community service. Yeah, it can, so, it can be either or. Yeah, or, and it can be both, both which yeah. is brilliant. Yeah, so I suppose as well as the, when we do our direct care, then we work very collaboratively with all of the stakeholders that are already in Cork and Kerry. So, you know, we would work with their primary um, medical physicians, with their community link nurses. Um, so, you know, we feed back to all the multidisciplinary team with what's going on. So we really try, we're being very collaborative in our approach with these families. Um, and would work very closely with the teams that they're already and, so yeah, well linked in. And with. that's taking a lot of pressure off the families, you know, trying to follow up if, if, if it's a physiotherapist or an occupational therapist or, you know, something's needed. It can be, a, you know, it's a, such a stressful time for families. We're talking about children, very sick little children in some cases with very complex needs. Yeah, a lot of our kids can be very fragile and I suppose, you know, there's so many amazing services that are available in the region and and it's a lot of communication that families need to do. So they have great support, like there's a clinical nurse specialist for, you know, children with life-limiting conditions that coordinates their care and we would work very closely with um, that individual both in Cork and in Kerry. Um, and then there's clinical nurse specialists. So I suppose it's a great network of support that families have. And we're kind of come in now, I suppose, to w- work with that network and kind of just provide an, an additional layer to support these families. And Marie, have you seen an increase in referrals since you ar- ar- arrived in May? We have indeed. Um, so Laurelin as a national service has actually this year had a 100% increase in their referrals. Um, nationally, which is huge, but then locally to the Cork and Kerry area, we've actually also seen a 100% increase in the referrals since May of this year. Um, so, it, you know, it, it is a huge, I suppose, increase. And a lot of the, I suppose, a lot of the multi, like a lot of the professionals that are involved in these families' cares, now that there is a kind of service locally, they feel that maybe families might engage a little bit better with, you know, having a local service and then being able to to provide care locally and in Laurelin House. So, um. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's definitely been a, a big increase in referrals, which has been great. Um, and thankfully, because of the funding that we receive, you know, from the the lo- like from the local area, but also nationally, you know, we rely so much on fundraising. Um, it's because of that amazing work that people do and that support that we have that we're able to provide the care that we have and we've been able to meet this demand with the 100% increase in referrals. And how is somebody referred? How is the family referred to Laurelyn? So anybody can actually refer a child to Laurelyn. So um, a family can refer themselves or they can speak to a member of their kind of multidisciplinary team. So we would get referrals from public health nurses. We would get referrals from consultants. We would get referrals from, you know, any of the children's disability network teams, from clinical nurse specialists who work in different areas with these families, um, from GPs. So there's oh, it's right across the board. Yeah, it's right, it's right across the board. And, and we're talking about children in a lot of cases suffering from very rare conditions that most people, Marie, will never even have heard of. Absolutely, yes. And every day is a learning day, even for us. You know, we can come across conditions that are so rare, you know, like one in five in the world. And, you know, it might be our first time encountering them. So that's very stressful for parents. And, you know, it's a lot of unknowns. So I suppose with Laura Lynn, another really important part of our services, we support not just the child, but the whole family. So we support parents, we support siblings, we support grandparents. So we really look holistically at the family and where we can provide that support, support, whether it's, you know, uh, psychological support, support with symptoms, you know, like knowledge. And then, you know, there is a percentage of our children who, you know, on whether their journey is really short or very long, you know, they're they will pass away and then we have a great bereavement support for these families as well. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it is great. Yeah, I mean, what, what you do for the, the, the holistic approach for the whole family, I've, I've spoken with families in the past uh, who all talk about that, that everybody is, is, is looked after. It's like you just kind of wrap your arms around the entire family. It's, it, it really is terrific. And because it's, and, and I think that word you use, fragile, some of the, the, the children who need the care of Laura Lynn are so uh, fragile. A lot of the work that Laura Lynn does goes on behind closed doors and the community, people in the community, people in the neighbourhood don't even get to see it because in many cases, some of these children, they don't get out much. They don't, you know, they don't, they're not out and about in the community. So people don't know what's going on behind closed doors. That's very true. Yeah, very true. And, you know, it can be really hard for these families to get out and about and things that we take so much for granted, you know, with our own children or in our own family units might be a trip to the park and, you know, just being able to go to the park or go to the shops or and things like that can be so difficult for families when they have children that have really complex needs and that are, you know, very fragile and very unwell. And I suppose by having a community service and they're, you know, similar to the community service that's available in Dublin and in the Leinster area, it gives these families an opportunity to be able to get out and about and, you know, go to the shop or do something simple like have a cup of coffee, you know, which 
we do take for granted sometimes we yeah. know that in, in uninterrupted five or ten minutes piece that you can get um so it's having i suppose having that community service allows families that break and even getting to spend time with other siblings you know that's something that's so important um and siblings sometimes can be a little bit i don't want to say forgotten about but you know when there's kids with such high needs it can be really hard to get one-on-one time with other siblings in the family so i guess what we try to do is go in and support that family to spend time together, but also to spend time together as a family unit. So our music therapist, um, even lo- like locally that has started with us, would do some family music therapy sessions in the home as well as sibling sessions. So it's you know it really is about looking after that whole family and ensuring that they're getting that support that they need within well the community and within well, their own. Home. And and you touched on uh, funding. It's it's really important to also emphasise and state that all the services you provide to all of the families that need help from Laura Lynn is free of charge. It is, yeah, yeah. So um, all of the services that, that the families get is free of charge. And, you know, we we really rely so much on fundraising and we've been so well received in Cork and Kerry. Everyone's just been, you know, so excited to have a service locally. And, you know, I suppose to hear more about Laura Lynn and what it is and, you know, there's, I'm, there's so much happening with like I think that this month a lot of people are doing sea swimming and all kinds of things and donating and you know people have been so generous um, and it is because of that generosity and that support that we can provide the services that we do provide and you know we were fortunate enough in 2021 to receive some um, core statutory funding as well from the government of 1.5 million so that was brilliant and it was great when we did have Michal Martin for the official opening that we were able to show him you know some of the work that was happening because of this funding that we but did, had to but did I read somewhere that that core funding it only covers about a third of your costs a third of the cost yeah, yeah so two so two two thirds has, has to be raised every single year absolutely and you know it's a lot of fundraising it's a lot of fundraising and our um you know our service as we talked about is getting bigger and bigger and with the increased referrals you know, that amount is increasing and increasing every year. Um, And I suppose this satellite service in Cork is what we're hoping to be step one of a very kind of ambitious strategy to bring this community care closer to families all over the country. Um, And I suppose initially the decision was made to come to Cork because of the population density and, you know, the figures that we had on where our children were located. Um, but it is step one and we are hoping to have, you know, a, a wider, I suppose, range of services that we can offer to families nationally. Well done, because, yeah, the Mallow, the Mallow one is proving to be hugely successful here in Cork and Kerry, for Cork and Kerry. Uh, I think they'll, they'll follow the model in other parts of the country as well. Listen, uh, no doubt we'll touch base again in the new year, Marie. In the meantime, uh, well done and congratulations to everybody uh, involved with uh, Laura Lynn. And of course, we remind people if you would like to donate, uh, lauralynn.ie and any kind of fundraising you can do for Laura Lynn in the new year would, would be deeply, deeply appreciated. Listen, Marie, thank you for that. And I really enjoyed thank our chat. So Good morning to you. Thank Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, Marie Lynch, who is the hub team leader for the outreach uh, work for the outreach centre of Laura Lynn in uh, Mallow for Cork and Kerry. And somebody saying, Patricia, when you mention Laura Lynn, uh, please remember how Laura Lynn was uh, set up. Uh, listen, I, I remember as well, and, and I spoke at one stage over the years. I, I, I had spoken with um, Jane and Brendan uh, McKenna. It was they 
started the initial Laurel Inn Hospice Foundation and the reason for the name uh, was because they had two beautiful daughters and they unfortunately lost their two daughters within two years of each other. Laura was just four and Lynn was just uh, 15 and they realised at the time when they lost their two children the lack of um, respite and specialist care for children with life limiting uh, conditions so uh, they got together and they at the time it was there was the children's sunshine home was there but they decided then that they what we what this country needed was a dedicated children's palliative care unit and that's how the Laura Lynn Hospice Foundation that's how it all began but it began because of the pain and loss of the wonderful McKenna's and they didn't want any other family to go through what they had gone through and and look where we are now it's a terrific terrific uh, organisation and long may it continue 0818 103 103 Bernie's taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now, Christmas is a time when many of us will visit family and friends or maybe get to spend, if you're lucky enough, a few days away being pampered. But unfortunately, it's also the time of year when criminals decide to strike, with the Central Statistics Office saying burglaries have already increased by 33% compared to last year. So with some some home safety tips, I'm joined by Paddy Common of AA Ireland. Good morning to you, Paddy. Good morning. And you're very welcome to the programme. Now, if you are going to be away for a few days or for any extended period of time, the advice always is make the house look lived in. Isn't that the most important thing? Make it look like burglars don't want to go into a house if they think there's people in there. No, absolutely. And it's a shame that we have to talk about this this time of year, but it is it is something that we do see a lot of. And, and I, look, the main thing, the three main tips, the first one is, is of course, to make it look like the house is occupied and, and there's lots of things you can do for that you know be be it leave some lights and not the Christmas tree lights or because those obviously can, can cause fire but do leave some lights on if you can when you're out or leave them on a timer and, and also maybe leave a radio on a good talk radio show with conversation can can sound you know can sound like people are talking into the house so that's a that's something you can do so just make sure the house looks lived in uh, number two then would be to enlist the help of your neighbours and that also helps with tip one so if your neighbours have two cars and you know you're going to be away for a few days they might park one in your driveway for example they might take your bins in for you and obviously at the moment people are there's lots of parcels being delivered and, and as is the trend now they sort of fling them on your step they might take those in for you as well um, and the last of those tips then really would be just to be very careful with your social media and this is a, probably a newer thing that we need to be mindful of is that lots of people uh, get a bit enthusiastic and say you know oh, I'm heading I'm one more sleep till we're off to Lapland or or we're heading to Dublin for the day what a great day out and unfortunately there's criminals who, who you know who use uh, people's social media accounts to target them so uh, so there, there. Some of the tips. Yeah, and the, really, the social media, the social media one is interesting, Paddy, because we've been hearing about that. You know, the guy they have been saying that for the last, you know, since social media uh, became popular, say the last five to ten years, and, and it's surprising how many people still post up about their travels. Why? Yeah. Sort of hold off until you come home is the advice, isn't it? Absolutely, because if you do it live, there's so many people just they don't think they they get caught up in social media and they think, oh, here we are. And, in Lapland or here we are in, away for the day shopping in Dublin and uh, it just takes someone who uh, tar- targets you likes to look at your house lots of people leave their, their social media public 
and uh, then they can see, okay, that house is empty. They're not even there. There's no one around, and uh, it's an easy chance to ransack to ransack your home. Yeah, and obviously, if you are lucky enough to have alarms, you know the the number of people who have alarms and don't turn them on. You need to make <laughs> yeah. sure your alarm is on. What is the point of that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get into the habit of putting the alarm on. It's, it's uh, but look, just you know, the na- do enlist the help of your neighbours if you can. You know, as I said, a bottle of wine for them. To, for after for taking in your bin is is uh, is cheaper than uh, trying to replace lost presents. But look, you know, also just do make sure your home insurance is in good condition as well, because you know, make sure you have home insurance. The you know the A would have a, a policy of increasing the cover over the December and January periods. Make sure that your insurance provider does do that, because um, in the event of there being a theft there can be extra cover for, for those uh, gifts as well. Well, it's, it's, so inter- sure. it's interesting that you mentioned that because I was only reading this morning before I came on air uh, reports out of uh, Kerry from the Gardaí that they have had uh, six burglaries reported in Kerry since Wednesday night of last week. So in, in the last seven days, they've had six burglaries. But one home was broken into in uh, Killarney last Thursday morning. And all the Christmas presents wrapped under the Christmas tree were stolen. Now, it seems if you just looked in the front window, you could see the Christmas tree. And we all like to show yeah. our Christmas tree. You could clearly see that all the presents were under the tree. And like if, if I, you or I can see it when we're passing, like a lot of these are opportunistic crimes as well. But a burglar will spot a lot of presents under that Christmas tree. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the increasingly there are higher value items, Playstations and Xbox things like that and you know those can be sold on readily again so so yeah unfortunately it's, it's a shame that we have to be having these conversations but people just need to be to be extra vigilant this Christmas mm, and one of the very old ones that many years ago it used to occur and I was reading from the it's, it's Dublin now more than uh, down here in Cork but if it's happening in Dublin it may start to happen down here in Cork and that's the the fishing through the for the car keys through the through the letterbox because how many people walk in the door having locked the car please lock your car and then you throw your keys on the little table that's just inside the door and again if a burglar opens the letterbox can see the keys you, 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 you're almost handing them your car Yeah I know and that's something that's it's a trick that's been done for a long time and so yeah just you know it, 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 and unfortunately there's, there's two sides of it you know if, you, there, if the criminal really does want your car you know you don't want them coming up the stairs looking for the keys off you but at the same time just don't make it easy for them either so try and put them in a place where um, they're, they're out of reach but um, but you know unfortunately we have heard of cases uh, you know where people have come into the house looking for a car but it, it doesn't happen as much generally criminals don't like to deal with people and uh, you know the more the more that we keep in mind the better Yeah and that's why as you say keeping the house as lived in as uh, possible and Paddy there is no way I can have you on the programme without mentioning fuel uh, prices we've had a welcomed drop in petrol and uh, diesel prices Will it continue or has it levelled off? Well, we, we've hit the bottom. I'd say we hit the bottom about a week ago and, and, uh, and I'd love to say that uh, things will stay the way they are, but you know, we are looking at quite a, a volatile situation, particularly in, in relation to diesel, because we, we had a ban on Russian crude oil from the 5th of December and that will take a little bit of a while to play out, but there will also be a ban on Russian products and, and that would include diesel um, from the 5th of February. So we will see, I would think, changes to the pricing of, of diesel in particular uh, in the first quarter of the new year. So people need to be mindful of that. I think petrol will be reasonably stable for some for some time, but um, I would be cautious about diesel. But look, for now, we have a bit of a respite. 
uh, and you know that might stay for it'll be it'll be like that this side of, of Christmas anyway. But uh, I'd love to say it'll be great for for some time to come, but I, I can't can't tell you that just yet. Okay, and and somebody saying asked Paddy about the climate the, the the climate action plan that the government are going to launch today, and in particular about the uh, the EV uh, cars. Now I know the goal of the government to have a million EVs on the road by twenty thirty. That's been well ditched, but I think they're talking now about having a third of all cars will be electric by 2030, somebody says. Would Paddy agree? Yeah, yeah. well, look, you know, we've seen these targets uh, put out there, but the the numbers don't really tally up. And uh, at the moment now, they're saying 845,000 EVs. Uh, You know, the supply in one part, I just don't see those numbers happening and and there isn't a supply of them just yet. I think it's, it's good for them to have these targets, but... Um, I, I, I would be very, very surprised if those numbers are reached. I think the the, the big issue here is, is public transport. And, uh, you know, if you read through the last year's climate action plan, and it won't change as much, we haven't seen that today's document yet, but um, it, it is really trying to push people out of cars as much as possible in urban areas and into public transport. You know, for rural areas... Not a hope. We know, not a hope. We know the public transport network is a shambles, really. It's the only word for it. And, um, you know, it's it's all very well in 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 the Pale or in Dublin City, where there are options. You know, there there is an argument that more people could be used in public transport, but it's it, when it, once it gets out of um, that, for, for, you know, for your listeners there it must be laughable to hear. Of yeah, yeah. Once, once you hit the nearest your carriage, where you can forget about it, Patty. All right, yeah. listen. Have a thank you by the way for all your contributions uh, throughout the year. Have a very happy Christmas and all the best for twenty twenty three. Same to you and your listeners. We'll chat to you next year. Bye-bye. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. That is Paddy Common of AAR. Thank you to Heidi uh, listening to my chat with uh, the Laura Lynn Children's Hospital. Hi, Patricia. Laura Lynn um, do recycling of batteries. They look for people to collect old batteries and send them in. And obviously they make some money. It's part of their fundraising efforts. Always have one of their recycling boxes in the house. I was not aware that Laura Lynn look for recycled batteries. I certainly will look into that in the new year. Thank you for that, Heidi. OK, well, Premier League Live is returning to c103.ie with Trevor Welch took a break obviously because of the World Cup and it's returning on St Stephen's Day from midday powered by Talk Sport we'll be bringing you live coverage of Brentford versus Spurs that's at 12.30 Leicester versus Newcastle at 3 Aston Villa will take on Liverpool that's down for 5.30 and then the final match will be Arsenal against West Ham and that's at 8pm on St Stephen's night that's the Premier League live online with Harvey Norman your home of the big screen listen this Monday on the C103 app or you can go to c103.ie now our lines are open Bernie's continues to take your calls at 0818103103 some of your calls coming into the programme still getting reaction to the piece that I started the programme uh, with about uh, parents talking about the stress levels they are under to buy some of these very expensive electronic devices including things like the latest iPhone the place Station 5 and the electric scooters for children as young as 6. The parents are really struggling to meet the increasing costs of living such as food and fuel uh, but yet they're going to extreme lengths in order that their children can get whatever is on their wish list and some of our uh, parents are not happy about the idea of parents giving in to younger children. Nancy in Bantry says on parents under pressure for, uh, for presents for their children the parents are wrong to give in to their children. 
they should get something small from Santa. Uh, Nancy remembers when she was growing up, there was four children in her family. She said we were delighted. Whatever we got from Santa Claus, the children, Nancy feels today, are gone mad. And she says parents are worse to be given, giving in to uh, them. But, uh, you know, but I suppose parents will say today it's the, the extreme pressure they're under. And the, I mean, even Bern- I think it was, was it Bernardo's or was it Parent Line were making the point that young children today are so influenced by videos and things they're seeing on social media, which obviously previous generations of parents didn't have didn't have their children so influenced by what they're seeing online. I mean, there was a time where children would have been handed the toy catalogue and they'd be told to, you know, put what they would like on Santa's list from the toy catalogue. They weren't guaranteed they were going to be getting everything from the toy catalogue, but that was the biggest influence that they had. And then I remember for many years, the Late Late uh, Toy Show, one of the reasons that Gay Byrne, when they started that, had to move back the date of the Late Late Toy Show was it was coming too close to Christmas and it was putting too much pressure on parents because children were watching it and suddenly children wanted whatever toy was featured on the toy show. And at that stage, Santa Claus the list had already gone off to Santa Claus and Santa Claus elves had already made the toys that were on the original list and that caused consternation. Then there was other years when with the toy show where they were featuring a toys that were simply too expensive for many families and that Santa Claus wouldn't even be able to afford it so they had to look at that as well. Uh, and, and now you bring it up to today where there's social media and children access to online where that's how they are being influenced. So it's, it's very difficult to say to parents of today you shouldn't be giving in to your children it's what the children are exposed to today is very different from say any other previous generation of uh, children. Someone else says those expensive gifts are mainly for the grown up children. There's not many eight year olds let's be honest will be getting the latest iPhone from Santa Claus. Now this texter says I see 16, 17 and 18 year olds screaming and roaring at their parents. It's absolutely disgusting. I'll give you an example. There's a young fellow working with us at the moment. He was screaming at his mother down the phone last week because she says she wasn't able to afford to buy him this PlayStation 5 that he wants for Christmas. When he came off the phone, he just looked at the phone and called her a fool. God, is that dreadful. Isn't that, that's, that's a respect level thing though, isn't it? Where's respect gone for parents? And someone else points out that most modern homes today, Patricia, have a playroom. If you go into any of those playrooms, they're full of unused toys. They have more toys than Smith's Toy Shop. They don't even know what toys they have. Children have too much uh, today. 0818103103 on the government. Great to see all the applauding with regards to Lanigan's Ball, Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil and the handover at the weekend when basic living is in serious crisis with the housing disaster, the health mess, homeless people at its highest. The likes of penny dinners overrun every day with people looking for their help. Uh, TDs seem to be so far adrift from it all. From it all. And that's signed by Anthony at work. Thanks, uh, Anthony. Someone else says, Patricia, how much extra will Mihor Martin, who is now the Taunashta, how much more would he get on his pension when he retires after his stint as uh, Taoiseach for just over two years? And there are some people can't even get a full pension, even though they worked nearly all of their lives, says uh, John. Yeah, well, I mean, when you when you become Taoiseach, there is a contribution towards your pension. I don't know. I don't, I don't have the figures. And I don't know, John, if I even have the will to do the research 
much to look it up but you can be guaranteed there will be extra money in his pension for the fact that he was Taoiseach for two and a half years and uh, thank you to John and Clonakilty when I mentioned about the Capuchin Day Centre and how I was taken aback that people started to queue at 2am in the morning yesterday morning because they knew that the vouchers were being handed out and they gave the vouchers this year and they used to give hampers but they realised that the need was so bad I think it was well over 3,000 vouchers they gave out so what they did instead was they got Dunn Stores vouchers 50 euro I think I saw uh, people were receiving so people were queuing up for those vouchers yesterday and uh, I was taken aback that people started to queue at 2am in the morning in order to make sure they would be in top of the queue to make sure that they'd get some, one of those um, vouchers and I was saying you know bearing in mind that they probably didn't open until 9 John says actually Patricia the Capuchin Day Centre that's brother Kevin one of our own from West Cork he set up the Capuchin Day Centre the, the Capuchin Day Centre started giving out the vouchers at a quarter past 6 yesterday morning because the crowd had gathered and there were so many people out there at 6am in the morning so they made the decision to open God to goodness me yeah I take it I could have had a sim like the chat I had with the Societies of Vincent de Paul they've never seen so much need we heard from them this morning and the Capuchin Day Centre would probably tell you the same thing as Katrina Toomey from Penny Dinners uh, also uh, telling us yeah it's just shocking okay just on to a couple of different things oh somebody was on somebody who's just said a regular list to the programme could you find out what time are masses in Bantir please at Christmas I can I can tell you there's a vigil vigil mass on Christmas Eve that will be Saturday the 24th that's at 8 o'clock in St. Fursley's Church in Bantir and then they have two masses on Christmas Day half past 11 in the morning and at 7pm in the evening and I'm wondering when, when I saw that Bernie went and got onto St. Fursley's Church in Bantir to get the mass times for this Christmas I'm just wondering anybody doing midnight mass Is midnight, has midnight mass made a comeback for part of sort of my childhood growing up in the teenage years we always would have gone to midnight mass and for, for me growing up in Clamell it was in the, the wonderful friary in Clamell which sadly Sadly, the fiery in Clamell after 800 years is closing in the new year and I must make a point of trying to get one last mass there before it closed because it was the church that both my mother and my father Lord to mercy in them that would have been their church of uh, choice it's so hard to think of, of a church uh, closing but we used to always go to midnight mass and then over the years they had to stop the midnight mass now a lot of it was to do with drunken people coming out of the pubs and decide no I'll get mass before I head home and it was kind of antisocial behaviour and all kinds of things happening and we kind of fell out of well, it's wrong to say we fell out of but the church had no choice but to get rid of midnight mass and I don't know have they started to come back does anybody know of any midnight mass going on here across Cork City and County if there are I'd be only too glad to give them a mention if anybody knows of midnight masses uh, going on and Eileen O'Donoghue thank you Eileen for your uh, text could you wish all of our valued customers and all who donated to our shop which is Care of the Aged Charity Shop on Main Street in Bandon Bantry sorry would you wish them a very happy Christmas and a healthy new year says Eileen also a big thank you to all the volunteers who give up their time in helping to make the shop such a success happy Christmas to all at C103 and that's from Eileen O'Donoghue and many happy returns to Eileen and actually on Friday when we'll be doing our last show when I try to squeeze in as many kind of Christmas songs that we don't get normally to hear 
during the week and during the months, the weeks leading up to uh, Christmas, we all open the phone lines as well if people have requests like that that they want to play. And I know there's been a number of people are contacting both Carmel out of reception and, and Bernie here and sending texts in to wish us all a happy Christmas here at C103. I, I literally can't get a chance to call out all of them, but to say I'm reading and seeing all of them and I really do appreciate them. And a big, big uh, thank you to everybody who's taking time uh, to uh, to do that. 0818 when I had Paddy Common on from the AA, somebody mentioned about the climate action plan that's been uh, launched today. And I just wonder, I barely touched on it with Paddy, but just to mention it, because I mean, again, if listeners want to throw in their tuppence halfpenny worth on it, and we haven't seen the climate action plan yet, but it will be launched today. And it's expected that there will be fewer car park spaces on streets and in public sector workplaces. This obviously is to try us all, try to encourage all of us to get out of our cars. I mean, it just frustrates the life out of me to hear a fewer car parking spaces because, and I know this week with Christmas, people trying to get car parking spaces, it's always uh, difficult. But surely, if there's less car park spaces, will you not just keep driving around until you can find a car park space? And is that not surely bad for the environment? The government are going to set out, these are new targets for cutting carbon emissions. They want them cut by 51% by 2030, which is, you know, in a couple of days is only going to be seven years away and it's in part and part of it is by reducing the total distance travelled in cars either fuel powered or electric vehicles now it represents a doubling of the previous uh, target and the government also aims for electric cars to make up a third of private cars on our roads by the end of the decade and that was the point that one of our listeners asked me to talk to Paddy with of the AA and he doesn't think that's going to happen we did have this goal of one million electric vehicles on a road by 2020. That's been ditched in favour of a greater focus on providing the infrastructure means for more people to use buses, trains, trams, bikes and walking. Oh, oh fine if you're in Dublin because they have buses, they have trains, they have trams, they have cycle routes and they have walking routes. Under the plan, solar panels will be installed on all new residential buildings. Don't I think that's a good idea. I welcome that one. Public and on public buildings uh, where possible. Things like schools by 2025. I think that's a good move. Get in the solar panels, particularly while when you're doing the actual building work. Public authorities will also have to switch to charging the market rate for car park spaces and do I take it from that it means our car parking charges will all go up but the controversial proposals is to ban workplace parking introduce minimum car park charging in towns and cities introduce congestion charges so we've heard that be mentioned before and also increase fuel costs now that they won't the increased fuel costs will not be uh, included uh, car free urban centres road space reallocation an increase in the availability of rural transport we look forward to seeing that and a reduction in public transport fares all being considered however there are described these are described only as potential basket of measures obviously they're going to put a lot on the table and then they'll decide what they'll do and what they won't do but they collectively want to achieve a 50% reduction in admission now the range of proposals uh, is to introduce on street parking among other measures will only be put in place in areas where good public transport 
and uh, where areas can be reached either by cycling or uh, walking. So it's only in places like that will they reduce on-street parking. So I take it that that will rule out most of rural Ireland because we don't have good public uh, transport and we can't always reach our nearest town and village by bike or by walking. And of course, a lot of focus went on agriculture, on incentivising farmers to diversify away from the high emission beef and, and dairy. But there was speculation early on in the week that they were going to impose cuts to the herd sizes. Did I see a 20% cut in the herd size? But there's no attempt, absolutely there will be no attempt to impose a cuts or a cull on the herd. The plan, which will be signed off by the Cabinet uh, today and then launched by the three coalition leaders later today, it will commit to increasing the number of trees planted every year. There will also be new green electricity tariff and that will be developed in the next two years. And what that's going to do for all of us, the general public, will be incentivised to use lower cost renewable electricity at times if it's very windy. If you look out and it's very windy, that's the time that you put on your dishwasher or put on your washing machine. Or if it's a very sunny day and there's lots of solar power being generated, we'll be all incentivised to sort of use our energy at that time. Other measures on the transport side include expanding the number of safe, accessible walking and cycling routes through the provision of 500 safe routes to school schemes. Now, let's wait and see what those school schemes are going to be introduced for children. And they're also going to roll out more than a thousand kilometres of what they're calling active travel infrastructure. Not too sure what that is, but it sounds like something that the Green Party uh, may be pushing for. Car park spaces for public sector staff that will be reduced if the areas that they work in are served well by public transport. And a well-placed government source, according to the Irish Independent, said it was time to move faster on meeting net zero targets by 2050 and the overall carbon reduction target of fifty, just over 50% by 2030. It is a big, big ask. So we'll wait to see what is the final detail in the Climate Action Plan due to be launched later today. But your thoughts uh, welcomed on it. This idea of reducing car parks Space, this idea of increasing public uh, transport, particularly in urban areas, getting more people, getting more children to walk uh, to school or cycle to school with these provision of these safe routes. I mean, if there was a safe route, I'm sure more parents would encourage their children to cycle. But at the moment, our roads are really, really busy. And parents will say the reason that their children don't walk or don't cycle is because they're fearful that their children won't get to and from school safely. Your thoughts welcomed 0818 103 103. Text and WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. And wishing the best of luck to the Kilbritton Tractor Run that's going to be held on Tuesday next, 27th of December. And this year it promises to be their biggest ever because they're aiming, would you believe, for over 600 tractors to take part. Registration will open at 9.30am and then they'll start rolling out at 1pm. Now our map of the roof is available on the Kilbritton Tractor Run Facebook page along with details of their GoFundMe page. This year, of course, they're fundraising for the Dunmanway Adult Autism Centre and they need to raise €150,000 
towards the cost of that new centre. The next draw for the Kildallery Lottery draw will be held in the community office tomorrow, Thursday, four in the afternoon, with a jackpot of €6,600. Donnerail Active Retirement Group want to wish all their members a happy Christmas and a happy New Year. And remember, the, and they are remembering those members no longer with us. Christmas music this Friday in St. Michael's Centre in Bandon with Paddy Downing and John Leonard providing music from 11am to 1pm and Santa will arrive at 12 with gifts and treats. Martin Leahy continues the entertainment between 2pm and 4 so lots of fun and great company to kick off your Christmas celebrations. And thanks to a couple of people who've been on about Midnight Mass that they know of going on in the area. Shay has sent us a voice note. St Mary's and uh, the Dominicans in Pope's Key in Cork City will be doing Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve. That's one I know of anyway. And um, I'm not sure about McCroom. They might be doing it in McCroom. But I know St Mary's, uh, the Dominicans and Pope's Key in Cork City definitely midnight mass there on Christmas Eve thanks for that that's from Shay sending a voice uh, note and of course you can always send a voice note like Shay did there on WhatsApp to 0862103103 somebody said just listening to you there Patricia midnight mass in Court McSherry oh I didn't realise it still goes on in Court McSherry it's been at midnight for years so they didn't stop the tradition that's wonderful uh, to hear thank you for that and Margaret said uh, I've just found out for you there's midnight mass in Glen Carn Abbey so there are some uh, churches but they're few few rather than many still doing Midnight Mass so thank you to people taking time out uh, to contact us now I mentioned earlier that there seems to be a problem with the NDLS centre where you go to get your driving licence renewed Anne contacted us about this good afternoon to Anne hi now now Anne you had an appointment didn't you to go in for your to renew your driver's licence yes yesterday I had an appointment at 10 past 12 okay so I landed about 20 to 12 because I didn't want to be late. And if I was five minutes late, I mightn't get going. So I went up and there was two men standing there and I asked them what was the story, why was it locked? They didn't know they had been there since 10. So I waited on and waited on and after a while somebody else came and I looked at the number that was on the door to contact. And when when I tried it, it said, the, uh, this number is unavailable. So I looked up the thing on the phone and I rang this supposed to be the NDLS, you know? Yeah. And he said, well, I don't know why it's closed. He said, it's supposed to be open. I'll put you on to somebody else. So I was planned to somebody else and I was waiting and waiting. The next thing, two more came. And then I got it into my head. I said, look, maybe... Something is after happening. There was no note on the door. I got no um, notice, no text. I told them, text me. They asked me what way. I said, text me. I didn't get that. I didn't get an email. So anyway, I he said, you should have dialed one. And I said, I did. And he said, well, you're on three. I don't know. Oh, so I said, is there a local number? Yeah. And he said, no, that they didn't know anything about that. So... I was kind of, you know, a bit bothered. And this woman said, well, I came in yesterday, she said, and there was nobody here either. And there was no notice on the door. So anyway, he said... That was true. Anna, yesterday was, that was Monday. 
You were there they, Tuesday and the lady were, said there was nobody there Monday either. No, there was nobody there Monday either because okay. she had come in. And did she have an appointment for Monday? Yeah. Okay. She had. And then I, I decided at one o'clock I'd go down the town and I'd just come back at two maybe. I was saying, you know, something might have happened. So I went down the town and I met a man and he said, oh, he said, I think the man is over sick and I don't know about the girl that's there. Now, I have to say, I've been there before and they were absolutely fabulous. They're great. And every time we mention any of the NDLSs, but in particular Mallow, everybody talks about how friendly the staff are. So, But but, but okay, and and I can appreciate that people can go out sick and all of that. But you, your appointment, was your appointment via email? How did you get the... Like, I can't understand. Why can't they send out an email to say, look, due to circumstances beyond our control, your appointment today has been cancelled. Please reschedule. That's it. Our... I, it, it gave me an option to text or to email me and I said text me and I didn't get a text nor I didn't get an email and I just thought like it's just a bit okay man of the nice tone that's fine I wasn't it wasn't the end of the world but your man said I could give you an appointment for tomorrow but I said you don't expect me to come 30 miles again tomorrow and maybe the same thing yeah, when because could he get if, if if he couldn't explain to you no. why it was closed yesterday? How could he guarantee to you that it will be open today? Absolutely, and he was in the head offices, but it was he wasn't dealing with that. And I said, "But you're just passing on the thing to somebody else." And he said, "Well, he said that's all I can do for you." So I decided. I'd give you a ring this morning to know anybody yeah. else. Well, we're we and problem. we we've start we've we're emailing the NDLS uh, centre now just to try to get some kind of an explanation because I do remember this happening before, but it was to do with the NDLS centre in Clonmel, and we had people who went to Clonmel and they went and they said it was closed and they couldn't get in and there was no not a sign up to say why they were closed. And I appreciate no. they've, there's a very skeleton staff in all of these places and people can become unwell and for whatever reason can't turn up. But it is unfair to expect people to arrive when you have an appointment with no explanation at all and then yeah. you're standing around like like half fools waiting to get in. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough. Yesterday. I just kept thinking yesterday, I'll hang on until four o'clock and I'll just see, just in case, that some of them, one of them had an emergency and they had to go away. Yeah. Now, I can book a thing online but I wouldn't say I'd be computer literate. I'm 68 years. I was afraid then that I, I thought I'd have to go to the centre because I won't get a 10-year licence now. Do you understand? Yeah, so yeah. I think I had to go to the centre anyway. Yeah, but, so but I mean, not, not everybody that. wants to do stuff online anyway, Anne. People like to no. go in and deal with somebody in person. OK, so we're waiting to hear back from the NDLS. And so now you are, is your licence out of date? That it will be out on the sixth. The sixth of January. Yeah. And you have well, no. I, you, I mean, have you a new no, date? You don't have an, another date, have you? I'm not going to take a date in Mellon, no. Anyway, I can't. I'll have to just try go to Skibreen because I never heard anything wrong in Skibreen. But I know. But like I said, they were lovely in Mellon. I can't say they weren't. But it's just that I was so frustrated yesterday, then going up and down, thinking. Maybe there's somebody there now. Maybe there's somebody there now. 
Yeah. And nobody, I will give him the benefit of the doubt all day. I know, I know. You know okay, I mean? we'll, we'll try and find out what, what's going on. I, I mean, I think I'm expecting you to drive, drive to Skibbereen. I know there's another test centre in or a, a driving licence centre in Cork City as well, but not everybody likes it's driving it, I, into the city. I never, I never, like, we were so used to getting our licence out in, in, in Cork that I don't know why they change it at all. Okay. It's all right, listen, we, 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 we have your contact details and all of that, and we'll see if we can get to the bottom of it uh, for you. And listen, just to try and cheer you up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Do you, yeah. do you Have you a super value store anywhere near you? I have. Okay, well, stay stay there and I'll put you back out to Barney and uh, we have one of those um, 50 euro super value vouchers left. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get one of those to you and you can go off and buy yourself something nice. Thank you so okay. much and, right. and have a lovely, lovely Christmas. And hopefully we'll get your driving licence sorted out as well. I'll put you back on to Barney. Stay on the line, Anne. Stay on the line, Anne. No problem. Our, our pleasure. 0818103103. Just some of your texts coming in. Just on um, the people who are critical of the parents who are going to such huge lengths uh, to buy all their, their little ones, everything, all their heart's desire of buying all of these electronic equipments, uh, etc. Um, and very expensive electronic devices. Somebody says, Patricia, if the children don't get these toys, they then get end up getting bullied at school. Their parents know that. Their parents will go to any length to make sure that their children are safe and happy. And that's the reason the parents are putting themselves under so much stress today. Happy Christmas to you and many happy returns. 0818 103 103 on all of these changes that we're expecting to be mentioned. I'm not saying they're going to happen in the Climate Action Plan and reducing the number of car parks trying to encourage more of us into electric cars if God help us we could afford one getting people on to getting more people to use buses, trains trams if you have any locally uh, bikes and walking talking about providing safe cycling routes for children so the children can walk and cycle to school and they've lots of plans as part of the climate action plan with a big push to reduce our carbon by 50% by 2030. Hi Patricia I think the government proposals are unfair to working people once again if you're living in a town and you want to drive in say to collect shopping etc with reduced parking you can't bring home loads of shopping on public transport it will also affect businesses who have struggled enough in the pandemic it's a good thought though for children to walk to school because that does lead to high traffic congestions in towns and cities particularly in the morning time so anything that can be done to go back to getting more children to walk to school as they used to do once upon a time would certainly be welcomed uh, Shay, thank you for that. Shay says, if Eamon Ryan will get wind of the word 600 tractors tractor run in Kilbritton, he'll go into cardiac arrest uh, for Christmas. Oh, thank you, uh, Shay. And we wish nothing but luck to the Kilbritton tractor run and we hope they do get their 600 tractors out on the road. Heidi says, Patricia, it is outrageous the way they keep banging on about carbon and carbon emissions before they do this, they have nothing in place to rip, to replace the energy or where the wind doesn't blow. It's the gas that has to kick in. Also, the life of those turbines, the, the large windmills, is about 10 years. Think how they will have to be dismantled then. And it's China that makes them. Think of the carbon footprint in then getting them to travel over from China. I think really we should ask for a referendum on this carbon emissions issue. 
uh, do people let people have their say, not just be blindly led by the government? I really do. I really do think it's going to cost people so much. It is just unrealistic. I think we need to get rid of the Greens in government and in particular Heidi is not happy with Eamon Ryan. 0818103103 Our lines are open. Bernie's taking your calls. And on the Carbon Action Plan uh, Donald said listening to you there talking about carbon emissions and cutting cars I didn't hear one mention of planes in the sky and they getting carbon tax free fuel. Uh, and I can't use that word, but um, uh, Donald's not happy with Eamon Ryan and reckons he needs to go. 0818103103. And John in Cantork has contacted us about something. Now, we're trying to get confirmation on this and very distressing uh, uh, issue that happened in Donnerell Park last Saturday. Now, this would have been d- d- during the big freeze, I'm assuming, that one of the swans froze to death in the middle of the lake. John said he was back there again on Sunday and the dead swan had been torn apart, he reckoned, by grey crows and there were still pieces of it left there. He said, surely the OPW should have moved in and removed the body. Now, did Because you know, there would be rain, there would be park rangers there, wouldn't there? Wardens there. Did somebody see it? Was somebody aware of uh, it? Um, OK, um, I'll get, I, we'll get on to the OPW um, and get on to Donnerell Park and just find out about that. that. That seems pretty, pretty distressing. And, you know, I accept wildlife can die and all that. But it's the fact that they, it was left there and then the, what the great crows did. And Donnerell Park is beautiful and it is frequented by a lot of families with young children. So that would have been really, really upsetting for people to see. And somebody says, Patricia, you're not going to mention what's been happening in, in Rathkeel. I, I Listen, I have a piece here. I was... And it's it's just so distressing what is happening in Rathkeel. And my heart absolutely goes out to the good people of Rathkeel who live there all year round. And of course, yesterday, um, to imagine this on a few days before Christmas, to be in your hometown in a little rural town and to see Gardaí walking around with submachine guns and automatic pistols. They were manning checkpoints which were dotted around the town. Armed patrols have had to be deployed to Rathkeel to help local Gardaí contain what it, it seems now, according to media reports, is brewing tensions between feuding families who have travelled to the town from their homes in the UK, their home for Christmas. Locals remained stunned by the horrific scenes that were witnessed on Monday. And it was Monday afternoon, by all accounts. It wasn't like in the small hours of the morning or the dead of the night. At least six high-powered UK-registered vehicles, which, can I say, are expensive-looking cars, were written off in a series of vicious ramming incidents. I mean, it looked like they were playing bumper cars inside in these high-powered SUVs. The mangled wreckage was all that was left after Gardaí swarmed the area and cleared the street on Monday um, afternoon. It is an unprecedented and appalling series of events. That was the quote from the Interim Justice Minister, Simon Simon Harris. He then came under pressure uh, over what was seen as a perceived weak response to the outbreak of uh, violence, during which machetes... Were, were 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 bandied about in broad daylight and cars smashing into each other. Now, there was so much criticism of the Inter-Justice Minister, Simon Harris, that he ended up going to Rathkeel. He condemned the violence and said an enhanced guard of presence would be in place over Christmas. Um, but he came under mounting pressure. 
that something has to be done to, for local residents just to maintain law and order. And I know one local Fine Gael councillor, a gentleman by the name of and Adam Teskey, is quoted in the papers today. Uh, he's also chairman of the local policing committee. And he said, enough is enough. And he said, action rather than words was needed. He said, 11 months of the year, the town of Rathkeel is safer, he reckons, than any other town in uh, Ireland. But he said, come December, the population then doubles with people travelling home from the uh, UK who see Rathkeel as their spiritual home. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just what happens when some of these people arrive home. He said, with any town or any event, when you get a large number of people gathering, what always happens is there will be more antisocial behaviour. But he said, unfortunately, underlying tensions have crept crept to the surface of late between families who visited the town. town. And what they saw on Monday was a further escalation in relation to that. It was grotesque. It was a barbaric incident, he said, for people to witness. But he said even if the, these people are brought before the courts, they're likely to be let out on bail. And guess what will happen? They'll just head home to the UK. And he said we won't see them again until next year. He, he said, this local councillor, Fine councillor, if legislation has to be changed to give more power to the guards under the Public Order Act, then so be it. And he said it's not every day in a rural town or village that you'll have cars ramming into each other. He said we need action immediately. It's gone on for too long. And he said the rot is spreading in society and it's gone crazy. And I've seen there are photographs in the papers uh, today of the cars, but like the guard there, the guard that you're saying they're down there now with um, submachine guns and automatic pistols and then you've got armed patrols uh, going around the town trying to keep the peace. It really is uh, shocking but as I say and as I said at the outset it's my heart goes out to the good people of Rathkeel who have to put up with this and seemingly they have to put up with it every single Christmas. That's where I leave you for today. My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced and we're back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. And to the night Patricia Messenger have a very good afternoon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.